Welcome to the Consortium Podcast, an academic audio blog of Kepler Education. Kepler is a consortium of independent classical Christian teachers unified by a shared vision for student flourishing. Hello, I'm Scott Postman, your host, and I'm joined again by Joffrey Sweet, our academic advisor. And Joffrey, welcome. We're going to talk about how to have a successful academic year. You know, as this uh, episode is published, we're in the middle of the very first week of the Kepler term. Yeah, absolutely. And so students have gone through orientation, hopefully, and yeah. uh, they've found their way through Canvas and into their classroom, their Zoom classroom, and uh, now getting into the nuts and bolts of the actual academic content. All right. So, and you know, we're a, we're a platform for homeschoolers. And, uh, you know, in, in our Slack, I, I, I love all the, the, the memes and comments that people make about, uh, about homeschooler life, you know? <laughs> and so part of that homeschooler life is that many of you uh, will have already been in classes, some classes for a month or studying yeah. certain subjects for a month. And there may even be some that are, are yet to get kicked off. Sure. Right. But it's about this time of year that, that we have to switch out of that summer mentality of, uh, sleeping under a tree by the river with the book gently falling out of your hands as you, uh. as you nod off <laughs> <laughs> into, okay, now, now we have to buckle down and, uh, and yeah, study the stuff. Serious. Yeah. So we want to talk about, uh, you, oh, 14 year old, oh, 15 year old, oh, 16, 17 and 18 year old, um, about your vocation. Yeah, I, I think this is something that a lot of students fail to maybe conceptualize, not intentionally, but they fail to conceptualize that this time in your life is really, uh, and, and let me just pause to say that this is kind of directed towards students. I mean, parents are going to listen in, but we're really going to direct this ep- episode towards students. And your vocation, this time of your life is really a, a good time to think about your education and not treat it as, I just have to get through this so that I can get on with my real life that's coming down the road. This right. really is your calling for this period of your life. And you're a young man or a young woman. And we should think about what that term means. Yeah. It means that 400 years ago, you probably already would have been married. <laughs> <laughs> right? You would have been embarked you're- upon your life. Well, guess what? You are embarked upon your life. You have a vocation. So we're going to talk now about how to take that vocation uh, seriously and not just to treat it as a waiting room. Right. And I think this is one of the things, as you just mentioned in thinking about that, this is one of the areas where a democratic society, we actually have, this is some of the value of that. You have leisure time at this period of your life when a lot of people didn't have that leisure period. So a lot of times students think of, oh, the drudgery, I've got to read these books and do these math problems and all this. But you're not out, you know, um, pushing a plow through the field or, or right. you know, uh, all the, the things that come with trying to make a living at this age. You actually have this leisure time to engage in developing your own education, a full orb, full life flourishing education so that the, you know, subsequent years are flourish, you know, they, they will flourish because of what you've invested into this period. Right. And so it, I think, I think the success has to start with an attitude of gratitude or a real thankful spirit that, wow, this is an opportunity that a lot of people don't have. Like I get to do, to do these assignments. I, yes, yeah. I, I get to. <laughs> well, you know, we use the word leisure purposefully. And if you're not a regular listener to the podcast, and you know, leisure is, is, you know, the, the idea of scole, right? Yeah. The idea of, so we don't want to be utilitarian in how we think about education. And we wouldn't tell you, oh, young men and young women to be, utilitarian, but we would tell you to eat the fruit, yes. to take advantage of, right? Um, 
leisure should be taking you more towards truth, beauty, and goodness. It's not zoning out in high school. You know, we, we don't, we don't want high school to be that time when in fact you get to do nothing except for the drudgery that you're forced to do. No, no, this is the time when you get to participate in what your parents have been working on for yes. years, your own formation. That Yeah, that's a really good point. This is your formation, and it is a very formative time of your life. What you do with this time uh, in, in terms of the um, – uh, not just the opportunity that's before you and what you do with the actual content, but the way you approach this is going to form the way you approach other parts of your life later on. Right. Right. And so this is, this is a really important time. And and I find it really interesting, even though we're an online platform, when we get to this time of the year, um, I, I always have these memories going back, you know, the, and, and I went to a public school, but you'd go into the room and you smell the new carpet and the fresh paint and you got new school clothes and, you know, footballs in the air because they're cutting the grass and, you know, practice and all the stuff that comes with it. And, and so it was, it was always an exciting time, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately that excitement when you're in that, <laughs> way it, fast, wait, yeah, really quick, <laughs> but it doesn't have to, if you recognize that, yes, we're, we're moving into this period as, as you mentioned, but this is an opportunity. This is going to form me for the rest of my life. And I'm taking responsibility for how that formation right. is actually going to happen. Yeah. I mean, each, each of our students finds themselves in a, in a Spider-Man moment, right? With yeah. great power comes great responsibility. And you have a life of a lot of power of nobility, right? You, you get to do what few humans in in the past have done, which is to participate in your formation, to decide what kind of man or woman you want to be, not simply to be born into it and not simply to be funneled through some sort of modern people factory. Right. It's not one or the other. What, what it is, 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 is an ideal education and it would be a, a tragedy to squander that. So think about what your calling actually is. Your calling is to be Christ like. And as you examine your gifts, well, what does being Christ like mean? Does it mean that I learned to craft the best chairs? Does it mean that I uh, am, am filming all sorts of things and starting up a YouTube channel? Does it mean that I'm studying bugs uh, until the cows come home, like what, how, 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 how am I taking this? And, but also not just to, to narrow yourself, but also like to focus yourself, but also to broaden yourself. Yeah. This is the time in which you can do both. This and, and broadening yourself is, is really important to think about um, having this time. This is where you can let wonder and curiosity um, actually drive your education. You know, you're not in a homeschool environment and on a, a platform like Kepler, you're not confined, although you are focused on doing the work, you're not confined to a specific kind of, of work that maybe not be interesting to you. There are things that may seem, you know, less interesting at this point in your life, uh, but are still valuable, but there are many opportunities to expand. So not just the reading, say you do in class, um, but the opportunity to pick up a novel that's sort of a, an escape or a yes. diversion from, you know, the, the more difficult work you're doing. But at the same time, that novel is still shaping you in, in, in an enjoyable, delightful sort of way. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we we want to move this episode, you know, as we've, as we've talked about vocation, you know, be thinking about what the year is going to look like. What is the academic year going to look like for you? And be thinking of that specifically like off, off of Kepler. Yeah. Right. Like outside of Kepler, whether you're diploma track or not, like what are you doing? And not just what are you doing for classes or for subjects? Um, but how are you going about your day? How are you going about your week? 
um, you know, what things are you humaning? Yeah, humaning. Well, this is one of the uh, things I think that that makes Kepler uh, perhaps different is that our emphasis isn't that we want students to be in front of their computer screen all day. You know, that's not, we're not suggesting that your entire education is in the classroom, you know, right where you're at. Although that's part of it, there is a, a, a life balance in, 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 in classical um, education. Traditionally, there is uh, things like music and gymnasium that go mm-hmm. along with that. And I don't mean just the music class, but we talked about uh, before about, you know, maybe practicing an instrument. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Getting involved in uh, everything from taking a walk to joining a rugby team or something. You know, there, there's there's many other ways uh, outside of being in front of the computer screen to broaden your education, and there has to be a balance. It's It's body and mind. Yes, and there's another balance in there, which is, you think about, well, what gifts do I really want to, to sharpen mm. and, and make better? Uh, so perhaps you're an athletic person and you think, well, I should be on an athletic team. That's great. But then you also, you know, you want to be thinking, what am I no good at that I should be good at? Yeah, that would make yeah. me a better, a better human. Um, and so then maybe you're not athletic <laughs> and you join a team, right? Yeah. Or you, you make some sort of plan. You, you know, you join some hiking club or, or whatever it is, um, you know, or, or, or maybe the fact is that you are in fact the best basketball player on your side of town. Well, what else are you? Yes. Right. I'm really glad you brought that up. And, and I think we should park here for just a minute because this is a part of our education where uh, in traditional um, and by traditional, I mean what a lot of times people are used to doing. I don't mean traditional in, in terms of classical education. But what people are used to doing is leaning into those strengths and letting some of those weaknesses diminish. But this really is a good time, as you mentioned, to find those things where, okay, look, I'm not really athletic. I love poetry and I and I love you know these things, but I don't really love those things. Well, maybe you're not going to join you know, um, a wrestling team or a basketball team, but maybe you commit to walking or jogging or doing calisthenics or something that, um, it's going to kind of bring you outside your comfort zone, but it's going to, you know, stimulate that part of, you know, of, of your life where you're not quite as inclined to, you know, to, to lean into. Um, and, or maybe you are, as you mentioned, athletic and music isn't your thing, but you're right. going to study and learn to play the guitar or, you know, it doesn't have to be expensive, you know, music lessons, but you learn to play, you know, you can buy one of those little recorders, yes. you know, really and inexpensive. Guys, you're never going to have a better time in your life to do just that. If yep. you tell yourself when you're 27 years old, I'd like to learn the guitar. Well, great. Go for it but it's going to be a whole lot tougher than when you're 17. Yeah, it is. It Indeed it is. Well, one of the things that I think is, is super important, um, I'll give you five Ps here, that is, is going to be, one of the things that's going to be very important for us to succeed, it, it's preparation, right? So prior planning prevents poor performance. Wow, right? I thought you were going to give me five legumes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, no, pee yeah. joke. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... We, if you you want to think ahead, beginning with the with the end in oh, mind. Hold on, before you unpack this, yeah. will, you, will you say it again? Yeah, prior planning prevents poor performance. Mm. Yeah, so preparation it's really beginning with the end in mind. Where do I want to be at the end of the year? All right. So let's suppose you're going to learn a language. You're in a language class, and you think I have no, I I can't even say one Spanish word. Okay. Well. 
think in terms of where do you want to be at the end of the year? Do you want to be able to visit Mexico and be able to order or find the bathroom and, and find your way around? Right. Then, then keep that in mind as you study. So you're not thinking about how do I get a good grade in this class? Right. How do I become a better human being um, at, at this goal that I have? Right. And, and, and how can I take responsibility for this myself? Yeah. Right. Uh, because there's definitely a way to get an A in a Spanish class and not be able to go to Mexico and order at a restaurant. Right. Right. Exactly. Like you, you pass to the food unit. Right. But you know, so there's a, there's a sense in which you, you, you don't want to be thinking, okay, well, my classes are going to have a certain effect on me automatically. Yeah. Or if I put in X amount of work, I'll get Y as the result every time. And that's what I'll do. And I'll be satisfied with that. No, no. What are your goals for this? And tell your teacher. Yeah. Right. And, and the teacher may be able to help you with that specific goal. I, I think that also helps us when we we start maybe a, a, at a, a you know a particular subject or a concept that we are so unfamiliar with that it seems intimidating. Like I, I'll never be able to learn this. This is going to be so hard. Um, don't think about it that way. Think about by the end, this is where I want to be, and right. and you just take that one little step at a time. You know, leaning into that. I think um, uh, preparation and planning also. Um, is in terms of your schedule, how much time legitimately are you going to need to be able to read, to satisfy the reading requirements for your integrated humanities class? How much time are you going to need to be able to memorize vocabulary words or your grammar for your, you know, your, your biblical Greek class? How long are you going to need? Um, you know, so, so thinking in terms of this is how fast I study. This is, you know, this is me. And I need to plan this into my schedule. Right. And expect to work. Yeah. Right. And so this is where the attitude of gratitude that you mentioned earlier comes in, yeah. right? Where you have, um, you know, you want to take ownership of the work. Mm-hmm. There, there are going to be moments in, in every class that you take, including your Kepler classes, where it's a chore. Sure. You, you, you've got to get through this. Right. Uh, but generally, like even with those, but, you know, it can be a, it can be a little tougher. Like, you know, I just have to steal through this. Just like when you're part of the cross country team, you just have to you've got to gut it out. Right. right? Uh, but what are you working toward? Yeah. Know, know what you're working toward so that you can say, I get to read this for the next two hours. Right. So those two hours aren't feeling like I should be doing something else or I could be doing this. You're thinking about this is one step closer to succeeding at this yeah. goal that I have. And try to have the attitude about the courses that you're not good at. Yeah. Right. You know, realizing, you know, kind of going back to what we were saying about, well, you know, you want to sharpen up your gifts and make yourself even stronger with those gifts, but also be thinking particularly at this age, what can I get better at to be more fully human? If, uh, if you're not great at chemistry and you're in this chemistry course, what a great opportunity, yes. right? And it's okay that you don't, you don't, you're not doing as well or as well naturally as some of your classmates might be doing. You get to study this. That's pretty awesome. I would find it far more successful um, or, or I would count it more success for the student who goes into a chemistry class and says, you know, I really would like to be able to do such and such. I'd really like to be able to use chemistry and, and to be able to think about the elements in a way that is useful, whatever that might be for them. And for them to succeed at, say, even 80% of that goal, 
um, than the student who loves chemistry, didn't really learn anything, but got straight A's through the class because right. because they could breeze through it and they already kind of knew that stuff. And so they just kind of breeze through it. Yeah. That's even though on paper it looks one looks successful and the other may not. The real success comes that you have gotten closer, you know, in your goal. And that's right. what school is really all about. You know, honestly, a lot of this conversation is sort of reminding me of the orientation I gave this morning uh, to my Spanish students. Uh, I had a single orientation for Spanish one, two and three. And, you know, the way my classes are structured. And, uh, you know, so the way my class are structured is there's a very high percentage for participation. And most of the weekly assignments, again, just in my class, are, are just complete or incomplete. Mm -hmm. and it's all on our code. Did you do this? Yes or no? Uh, the, the fact is, though, and you know, I, was, I was talking to my students about this, it becomes really obvious very <laughs> quickly, not only whether you did it or not, but also whether you were engaged or not. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, because of that participation. Right. So I want my students in, in my class to be taking on the responsibility for the work themselves. Yeah. Right. And to be thinking, OK, well, I, I want to be able to speak. So, I, you know, I, I need to do all this stuff. Right. And so like one of the things I told them was, you know, if you're doing, you know, the, the assignment is these 10 exercises. And one of the exercises is just really throwing you for a loop. You've talked to classmates. You've talked to me. And you just want to wait till Thursday, you know, to to talk about it. I'll still give you a complete if you did the rest of the exercises. Right. Like yep. it's, it's more about the attitude of yep. I'm studying properly and this thing is just making me crazy. I'm going <laughs> to wait to be able to talk about this in the classroom. That's fine because it's not about about whether you checked all the boxes. Yes. It's about whether you're working with honor and virtue. That reminds me of uh, when I was in high school, I was on the wrestling team and uh, my first you know, introduction in ninth grade to, to the wrestling team was our coach, uh, you know, he met us all and he said, okay, now every day before class start, before practice starts after class, um, you're going to run to the hill. Now the hill was a mile away. And then it was about 150, maybe close to 200 yards tall sand dune. Mm. And so you're going to run a mile to the hill. You run the hill 10 times and run a mile back in preparation for wrestling practice. Ooh. And he said, I won't be there. Um, he said, so you're, it's on your honor system, you know, and inevitably, you know, and every year, you know, I was on wrestling team every year, somebody would say, well, what if we don't do it? You know, do, and he said, I'll know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. You, you know, won't be able to keep up. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you won't be able to, it's, it's going to be evident that you were putting in the effort. If you want to, if you want to be, uh, you know, on the first team and, and wrestling, you know, varsity, then you're going to do that. You're going to run and nobody's there to make sure you did it. it right. It's on the honor system, but it really will reveal how much you really want to be a part of it and how well it's, it's shaped you. You know, and you know, I, I have uh, three kids in high school right now. Uh, one just graduated. <clears throat> and so, you know, we're in the throes of this right now as a family, but this really is the time for you to be thinking of yourself as a man or a woman. Yeah. Right. And, and you're, you're submitting to your parents, <laughs> living in their household, but taking responsibility for yourself, doing that run, doing that work. What will your 20 year old self be saying to your 14 year old right, self, right? Right, exactly. You know, if, if you can go back. So, so thinking, uh, beginning with the end in mind, I think is really important. And, and so thinking about your vocation, this is your calling. So it's, it's good to put in the time. 
where do you want to go? What are your goals? You know, set goals that you can achieve and work with your teacher to achieve those goals. Now, we're not talking about having some, you know, bizarre out, you know, outside of the, the, the box kind of thing that you're going to try to force your teacher to help you succeed at. What we're talking about is within this, you know, focus uh, of whatever this discipline is that you're in, where do you want to be? Not just how do you want to check the boxes? Okay, So, right. so this is the preparation part of it and, and thinking about your schedule, thinking about the, the life balance, thinking about some of the physical things that you're going to do, because you don't want to just be sitting in front of a computer the whole time or bent over a book. While those things are good, uh, um, they're not the only part of your education. And remember, uh, you know, with all of this, that this, this is your current vocation. Yeah. Right. So there are 15 year olds right now across the world who are going to work in the factory. Yes. Right. And that's the right thing for them to do. Mm Mm-hmm. The right thing for you to do is to be an active agent in your formation. Right. Yep. That's your calling. And that's important. I mean, that's that's essential to the mindset of somebody who's going to succeed in their education. Well, let's talk about a couple of other things that I think would be really important. And and another one that comes to my mind is engagement with your teacher. Mm. Thinking about that relationship you have with your teacher, your primary instructor is going to be mom and dad in terms of, you know, that they are the one who's responsible for your health, wealth, and welfare and education, you are responsible, but your teacher is there to mentor and to, and to take you through it. And so wanting to work in tandem with your teacher's goals for the class as well. Yeah. So let me, let me clarify something or expand it. So your, your, your primary and what, what uh, Mr. Postman means by this, uh, by the primary instructor is as you think about your education holistically in your life, right? Your primary instructor, uh, instructor for, uh, biblical Greek will be Mr. Postma, or your primary instructor for Algebra 1 will be Mrs. Miller, right? Yeah, uh, but it's all under the aegis of your family and your parents, yeah, right? So what we're trying to do here is to encourage you guys to think about your education holistically. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a that's a really good clarification in, in terms of thinking about what this all means for you. But having a good relationship with your teacher means that you are being punctual with turning in assignments on time. You're showing up to class on time. You're asking appropriate questions to your teacher. You're not being disruptive in class. But you're really, you know, uh, working in tandem, cooperating with with your teacher to help you succeed, the class to succeed. And, and as the teacher in the class succeeds, you succeed. Yeah. Right? And if I can add, uh, you know, proactive communication yeah. outside of the classroom. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, for example, if that assignment is, in fact, not going to be handed in on time. Don't surprise the teacher on the day of class. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, when I was growing up, if, if you, uh, you didn't get to talk to the teacher till you saw him at, at class the next day. Right. Right. And we live today in the day of email and it's a, it's a good idea to be in constant communication and, and most of your teachers are going to work this way, but if you're going to be, your family's taking a vacation or you're going to be, um, you know, I don't, something is going to be off in a week, let them know well in advance yeah. that there's going to be some accommodations and be willing to take the extra step to not put the burden of that accommodation on your teacher, but to say, okay, how can I, um, you know, how can we work together so that I can still do my work on time? I'll work ahead or whatever I need to do so that I can accommodate that. Right. Yeah. 
And that's important. Don't don't wait till after the fact and yeah. say, oh, hey, I was going to be gone. And I forgot to tell you I was gone. And how do I make this up? That's not going to work for you. Right. Well, because you, you have already this this proactive idea about how you're going to seek hunt for your education. And so you, you, what, what the, what, really so much of the Kepler experience. And I love saying this to our 12 year olds is like college. Yeah, it is. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know your teacher is, is here to work with you. Yeah. Right. In in a, in a group context. Yes. In a, in a classroom context. Yes. They are not on call for you. Right. But they Kepler teachers actually want to work with you. So write them, talk to them. Yep. Well, and, and part of that communication, just to be clear, is is being patient, realizing, you know, so I have a policy in my class. Teachers might be a little bit different, um, but I think everybody's similar. Maybe the, the, the time frames are different, but typically I respond before the end of the day. If a, if a student has a question, um, no more than 48 hours, usually within 24 hours, uh, and even more usually, you know, within that same day. But, you know, you, you don't want to be dropping things on them. You don't want to be just wasting their time with questions that are already been, you know, outlined in the syllabus or, or yep. something. Um, so we don't mean it that way, but we do mean be engaged. Hey, I'm struggling with this problem. Is there anything you could direct me to, to help me understand this better? Is there, um, can we plan for this trip I'm going to be taking? How can we proactively yeah. work together to succeed? There's another reason, by the way, not to do your homework the day before. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, if you have to, you have to. Uh, but as a responsible young man, responsible young woman, you're thinking, okay, well, you know, I, I have X amount of work that I have to do every day. Uh, you know, I want my students in, in, in my Spanish class to be spreading their work out throughout the week. I don't right. want them doing it all at once. Um, so as you're doing that and you run into, you run into a problem, that's okay. There's still three days before our next meeting. Right. right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, you've got to, you've got time to work on it. Well, one of the things I'm hearing you say, Joffrey, and 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 I really, uh, you know, I know this is part of our model, but it might be just worth putting out there just clearly. Um, you mentioned the fact that we operate more like a, a college. We're talking about taking more responsibility um, on ourselves as students. And, and that's because we believe that part of your formation, uh, part of your education as a human being is that you take responsibility yeah. and we are trusting. We, we start with the attitude that you are trustworthy and we take you at your word until somebody proves otherwise. So we don't start with, we don't trust you. We don't believe you. We're going to hold your hand and babysit you. And, and you're, you mentioned earlier, a people factory. <laughs> we're, we're not going to yeah. treat our students that way. Um, we trust you. We, we want you to be trustworthy um, until you prove otherwise. Um, we're, we're walking with you as you're educating yourself in a sense. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I, to, I'd, I would pile on top of that, just a, a real encouragement. If you are a young person who is shy about talking to people, sending an email to a teacher, an authority figure, you've never done that before. Mm-hmm. Get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> just, just go ahead and do it. Yeah. You know, your, your, your teachers will be glad that you've done that. Talk to your classmates too. So you, yep. and this whole, this whole last little bit has been about communicating with teachers. I would also encourage students to be very proactive yeah. about talking to the students in their class, join the Kepler quad Slack workspace. Yep. Um, where you can easily just, you know, talk to students who are in all sorts of classes. Uh, but you know, on canvas, you can talk to your classmates 
and and do so. Why not? Right. Absolutely. Well, th- this might bring us to the to this uh, final. Maybe we have a, a couple more, but uh, at least one final one, and that is the collaborative um, aspect of the Kepler platform, um, where you might be in another educational setting, not encouraged to collaborate with your classmates. We actually encourage it. Absolutely. Right. So we um, there is the Kepler Quad. If you have not received a Slack invitation, um, reach out to Joffrey or myself, and and we'll get you a, a Slack invitation. Well, so look for a Canvas posting on that. There'll be a Canvas posting this week, this oh, first good. week of class, um, that will that will get you a link that you can use to join the Slack. And your parents are welcome to join as well. Absolutely, we encourage that. So be involved in, in having uh, conversations, um, everything from your uh, from classwork uh, to even things you know appropriate things outside of class. We you know we want to build that community, but collaborating uh, collaborating on projects, collaborating on assignments. These are all helpful ways. Matter of fact, in my classes, I have a couple of times where it's mandatory that students do a peer review mm-hmm. of their classmates' paper. And so they have to have they have a whole discussion thread uh, leading up to, on this idea. Then they uh, have uh, a peer review on each other's papers where they're talking about it. And the whole idea there is we're talking about some important ideas like, say, justice or something, and we want to encourage that, collabor- that collaboration. And I find it interesting that even after that assignment's over, a lot of those students will continue that conversation in a chat, you know, in, in yeah. Slack, and they'll, they'll want to continue on talking about these big ideas. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's really what we're seeking. Yeah. So we're, we're wanting to cultivate real scholars um, in, in terms of not, maybe that's not your vocation to be a scholar in, in life, but as a human being, we should all be scholars to that degree. That's right. Yeah. And especially at this time, I, I would, I would actually argue that at this time in your life, the fact that you are being homeschooled, the fact that you are signed up for at least one Kepler class, you, your vocation is at least in part to be a scholar. Yeah, that's like right. This is the time to really, to relish that opportunity and to engage in that fully. And you know, down the road, maybe what you're doing is, is being a cook or being a pastor or being a carpenter or being a teacher. Uh, but right now, you get to be a scholar. You get to be a scholar. That's a good good way to end this. Well, we hope that these are some helpful uh, tips on how to have a successful academic year. And there's probably other things that we could mention, but I think these are the big ones. These are the big stones that um, will help you in, in terms of shaping how you're going to approach this year so that you have a successful year. And every year subsequent after that, if you continue to, to, to apply these principles, you'll continue to build on that success uh, for uh, human flourishing. Amen. Maybe so. All right. God bless everybody.